Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. And now, we get to hear our word today, our message. I know what Andrew's speaking on. And it just makes you realize that God knows everything in advance. Like I said before, when it comes to, you know, him fighting our battles, he's way ahead. He's way ahead of us. He knew what we needed to hear today. And he's prepared a message for today that is going to bless our hearts. So let's welcome Andrew up. Give me a chance. <laughs> Can we just bow our heads? Yesterday, we had a men's breakfast. And after the breakfast, we walked around all of the rooms in this building and we prayed for the ministries that take place here in every, in every space. <clears throat> and the last thing that we did in this room is we prayed as men over every chair in this building. And we prayed, whoever was sat in that chair, we wouldn't know who would be sat there, but whoever was sat in that chair would receive a blessing and would receive what they need from God this morning. <clears throat> So if you're sat in a chair, and I think you are, that chair's been prayed over in advance, ready for you to receive something from God this morning. If you're watching online or you listen back to this message, that same blessing will be there. God wants to speak to us today, and we wanted to just get that right so we can connect in that way for you. So what a week it's been. This time last week, all of the talk was about energy crisis, new prime minister. Yes, some talk about how that was going to take place up in Balmoral because the Queen at the time, we knew she was not well. But that was all the talk, wasn't it? Uh oh, and Forrest throwing away two-girl lead as well. <laughs> How things change in a week. How things change in a week. I'm the sort of guy who, just the way I'm wired or whatever, I don't know how it is, but I often will see something, read something, hear something, whatever it is, and, and, and Donald sometimes, oh, there's a sermon there, isn't there? And it feels to me as if in that week that we've just had, in these sad events, you know, the Queen, the sudden death, we now have King Charles. There are some lessons that we can learn there that I think fit into what I want to talk about. If there's one thing we know, we do not know what happens tomorrow. We do not know what happens tomorrow. And whoever you are, however great, 
however important or however maybe unimportant, how weak or unneglected un you feel, it's the same. We just don't know. Plans change. Circumstances change, but God does not change. God is sovereign. And his plans are for us and for our good. You know, the Queen, we know, was a woman of faith. We know she referred to it very regularly. Whether you're the Queen, the King, or you feel like you're nothing, God's grace is for you. God's grace for every single person. The Queen was not immortal. The Queen was flesh and blood. Yeah, what a role. What a life. She needed God's grace just as we do and everybody else in this world. And just a final reflection on this, which takes me into, I guess, the, the, the meat of what I want to talk about is this. The Queen achieved greatness by serving. The Queen is renowned, everybody's told her, her service. Jesus became a king by serving. Service makes you great. Jesus says, if you're not ready to serve, you're not ready to be with me. The Queen knew that service was what mattered. And we, I think, should take that on board. We have a job and a service to do. I don't know this is the case, but I wonder if the Queen, in her time of reading and reflection, may have read a particular verse, and it's a verse that I want us to look at today. I want to hang on some points from that, this particular verse. And it's a verse from Genesis chapter 50, and it's verse 20, and it should come on the screen. It says this, you intended to harm me, but God, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I want us to really hang on to today that bit in the middle. I've highlighted it in, in capital letters there. But God. We need those but God moments in our lives. There's a circumstance, a situation that we are going through. That you are waiting for things to change. But God intends it for good. But God. Grab hold of that today. Make that your prayer and your understanding. But God. Because that changes everything. That changes everything. The verse was, is the words of Joseph. And Joseph features very heavily in the book of Genesis. In fact, he has more chapters about his story in Genesis than anybody else. 
Joseph's story starts in chapter 37. You can see we get through to chapter 50. That's the last chapter of Genesis. So 14 chapters about his life. Earlier part of that book, big stories, big characters. Creation, Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They don't get 13 chapters. 14 chapters, sorry. There's a lot about Joseph's story in Genesis. And those of you who've heard me speak before will know, I've, I've got a bit of a thing that going on that says there are all these stories in the Bible, all these accounts, and we go, yeah, I know that. And Joseph's story falls slap bang right into that category. Because we all know the story of Joseph. We all know the words of the musical. If you've ever been to a musical, yeah. If I say, I wore my coat. Ah. Hey. A crash of, no, we won't, but yeah. We all sort of know the story. Tim Rice, Andrew Lloyd Webber, what a great musical it is. Brilliant. Let me tell you something. The, the story of Joseph is not in the Bible just for them to write that musical. Okay? Anybody who thought, well, isn't it great that it was... It's not there for that. It's not even there just as a history lesson. Important though that is, because the line of Jesus, track it back, goes through Joseph. So it is it's important historically. But the story of Joseph is there, the accounts is there, as the Old Testament accounts are there, for us to look at them and look into them and learn from them and grow from them and see some characteristics of how we need to live. And the story of Joseph has numerous examples, uh, ideas and things in there that we can look at. So what I want to do with this theme of but God is I want us to look at some of the things, some of the aspects of the life of Joseph that we can learn from his story. Okay? With me on that? Let's go with that. So the first point I want to make is this. God uses people who are not perfect. Now, looking around, if you're not perfect, if you get things wrong, if you make mistakes, if you slip up, you trip up, Welcome to the rock. You are welcome here. Welcome online. Welcome as you listen to this back. If you're not perfect, you've got a place here. God will use you. Because Joseph was not perfect. Joseph had certain characteristics which... Hopefully we've got a verse coming up, which will say, tell us a bit about Joseph. God uses flawed people. What we know about Joseph is he was the 11th brother. 
And the 11th brother generally in those times didn't really have anything much going for them. They didn't get the birthright. They didn't get the blessing. They were sort of a bit of a hanger on. Joseph is different because Joseph is the son of Rachel. And there is a beautiful love story. My wife likes that story because it talks about how Joseph waited, loved Rachel and waited for her. And she seems to think it was worth it. <laughs> and it was. Wasn't it? Anyway, um, I think there was a very big nod there. There was a very big nod. So there's a beautiful story. But we know that Joseph, well, I think he comes across as a bit of a, bit of a snotty teenager, really. Can I say that? I probably can. If we look at this verse, it says that Joseph is 17 years old. He's out there with everybody else, with the flocks. He brought their father a bad report about them. Dad? Dad? Have you seen what Reuben did? Oh, my goodness. He clearly liked to tell a tale. We also know he liked to tell a dream. And he as we know, made it worse, if you like, when he told, us, he told his brothers, well, you're going to bow down before me. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that it justified what happened where the brothers then said, we're going to kill you, and all of that. What I'm saying is, Joseph was not some floating on, on a sort of, on a cloud guy. He had some flaws. He had some things he needed to work on. And so do you. And so do I. We need but God to take those situations and to work through them and to turn them for good. Because we can let our flaws overcome us. So God uses flawed people. The second thing I wanted to look at, the second point, is families. Now, again, with the Queen and her death, there's quite a lot being talked about about family. And I'm sure the Queen agonised as any mother, as any wife, as any grandparent, as any great-grandparent about her kids. What about the kids? Look at the situations. And there are, it doesn't matter whether it's the royal family or any other family. Families can cause difficulties. Families can be brilliant. Families, though, are a part of life. They're part of the Bible. They're part of the way we're supposed to be. But there can be some difficulties. And there was some here. Because Joseph's brothers hated Joseph. Now, that's pretty strong. They hated Joseph. When he said, like me coat boys, they were not keen as they were looking at their scabby old goat skins. They didn't like him. And in fact, as this verse says, when they saw that their dad loved him, he was dad's favourite, they hated him. 
But then, if we go further, you can see they couldn't speak a kind word. Then Joseph had a dream, told it to his brothers. They hated him even more. They hated him even more. Then he tells another dream, the dream which is about the stars. Even his dad says, well, I'm going to bow down to you. They hated him even more. The family scenario led to the difficulty. Now, you may have some family issues, family difficulties. You might have people you don't talk to or you don't get on with or you don't know. But God. But God. Things where there are difficult situations can be turned around by God. And things that you think are going wrong, that are looking as if they're there to harm you, but God intends for good. But God intends for good. In families, as I say, in terms of our flaws. A third aspect of this story, and I think this is, this is a story that you could make more sermons out of this, or I could, I think, is the story of Joseph has a big piece in it about temptation. A big piece in it about temptation. You'll remember, if you know the story, that Joseph, well, the brothers were going to kill him, and they thought, no, no, we won't kill him, we'll just sell him. Right. Sort of like, and then they lived with that for, for years and they didn't tell the father who thought he was dead because they brought the coat back with the blood on it and all of that. So Joseph was sold as a slave and he was bought by Potiphar, who was quite an important guy. And God was with Joseph throughout the story. It says, God, through those circumstances, God was with Joseph. God blessed Joseph. So Potiphar important guy, realises that Joseph's tremendously skilled. He's got great ability. He can organise. He can make things work. He can make things... And he says, hey, apart from the food, I'm out of this. You look after the place. Fantastic. But Mrs. Potts <laughs> decides she wants something else. And it's the same, it's a similar, familiar story. Sex, pornography is all over this world. Pornography is a huge, huge problem. The same temptation that we're talking about here, where Potiphar's wife says, come to bed with me, it's a huge problem for a lot of people. And it would have been so easy for Joseph to say, I'm an important, listen, I've been sold as a slave. I'm living in this house. I've got a lot to lose. I've got a lot to keep. God's blessing me. Maybe I need to go along with this. I love what Joseph does. Joseph runs as far away from that temptation as he can get. Whatever the cost, he runs. If you look at some of the other accounts in the Bible, I mean, David didn't run. David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, who he, it's an informative tale because he saw Bathsheba having a bath when he should have been in battle. He shouldn't have been there. He had taken his eye off the ball, should have been out at the battle, didn't. 
He saw Bathsheba. He should have run. He should have run away. And let me advise you. Temptation. Don't dabble. Don't say, well, everybody's doing it. Whatever it might be. It doesn't just have to be sex. It can be habits. It can be drink. It can be drugs. It can be all sorts of habits. Money. Whatever it is. Turn it to good. Turn it to good. God can deal with that for you. Run away. Joseph lost or looked as if he lost everything by running away. Because Potiphar's wife had his coat um, and, and told, his husband, told her husband what had happened and he believed her. But God, it needed to change. Another thing that I think can be a, a real issue for us has anybody ever let you down? Has anybody ever promised to do something and let you down? Have you ever promised to do something for somebody? Whatever reason it might be, you've let them down. Joseph had somebody who let him down. We just move on, this, just move it on past that one. Joseph had somebody who promised to help. They didn't. Joseph, after Potiphar's wife reported him, was thrown into jail. Thrown into jail. But the jailer realised that God was blessing Joseph and he said, run the prison. You run the prison for me. And while he was there, Pharaoh had the baker and the cupbearer who had been thrown into jail and they had dreams and Joseph interpreted their dreams. And the cupbearer, who gets a rather better interpretation than the baker, it has to be said, he says to the cupbearer, he sees the cupbearer as an opportunity to get out of this prison, as a way to get out. He's in jail. He may be running the prison, but he's in prison. He may be in charge of the prisoners. He's a prisoner. He says, to the cupbearer, when you give the interpretation of the dream to Pharaoh, remember me. Remember me. He hopes that the cupbearer will be able to do him a favour and be able to help him. But as the verse says, in Genesis 40 verse 23, he says he forgot him. The cupbearer was like, I'm out. I'm, you know, I'm back. I've got my life back. He forgot about the promise he'd made to Joseph. If we make promises to people, if we say we'll help people, we should keep those promises. We should do that. We should work. We should be, our word should be yes and amen, yeah? It should be. Yet in that moment, God was with Joseph. But God was still at work. Even though he'd been let down, but God had not left. The things that were happening to him, which looked bad, were still in God's plan. Still in God's plan. But Joseph 
had to wait. Who likes waiting? Who's big on waiting? Keen on thinking it'll happen soon. But if we can put the next slide on. What if you're still waiting? What do you do when you're waiting? Do you mope? Do you think it'll never happen? Do you think the promise has gone? Joseph had to wait years. One of the things about many accounts, but this account is one of them, is we sort of pick out the bits that happen and we forget about the bits in between. We forget about the bits in between and we think, well, it was all just sort of one merry-go-round of things happening. No, no. Joseph was 17 when he was thrown in that pit. He was 30 when Pharaoh appointed him as effectively his second in command in Egypt. He had to wait. He had to wait. He had to wait for a long time. Can we put the verse on? What do you do while you're waiting? Hang on to the promise. Hang on to knowing that God intends it for good. That you've got to take through that. If you're going through a situation at the moment where you're in the waiting bit, it's hard. You need help. You need, you need people not to be letting you down who say they'll pray for you and they'll help you and they'll look after you. We can help each other in those situations. But, but sometimes, but God takes a little while. We sometimes, we sometimes have to wait. If you're waiting for something, a promise from God, don't give up. The day is coming. We just don't know. If there's a week that's proved it, it's this week. We just don't know the day. We never do. But in that waiting, God intended it for good. God intended it for good. Last but one, just in case you're interested. Last but one point is that Joseph used his talents and his gifts from God. Use your gifts. We have talked at The Rock extensively about we want you to be empowered to use your gifts, to be part of us. Don't leave it to other people. We all have gifts to do good works and we need to use them. Joseph quite clearly was a guy who had an eye for business, for organisation, for getting things done as a manager. He, he, he clearly, that reflected in everywhere he went. In Potiphar's house, in the prison, when he went to Pharaoh to interpret the, the dreams of the seven years of plenty and then the years of famine. He clearly had a gift, but he didn't say, yeah, but I'm in this prison. Yeah, I'm a slave. He used his gifts and his calling at all time. And I believe we should do the same. Whether you're waiting or whether you know where you are, use your gifts. We all have gifts, different gifts. 
Some of us are good at certain things, not others. We, as a collective, are destined and required to do our bit. If you feel there's things you can do, there's gifts you've got that you need to use, and that's not just spiritual gifts. We sort of categorise things into spiritual and, and not spiritual gifts. That's a mistake. Joseph was a great organiser. He was great at finance and organising. I mean, he was so good, as this verse says. When he organised the grain and said, look, we're going to keep some of the grain back for the, in the good years so we've got grain in the bad years. He did it so well, it was so much, he stopped keeping records. He had so much, he was so successful because the grain that they kept was beyond measure. He used his gift. Don't neglect your gift. In tough times, in waiting times, in times when it's sometimes difficult, do not neglect your gift. Use it and work with us. We need you. We need you as part of the rock. We need you as part of the community. Don't neglect the gift. And so if we come to my final point, and if the band could come up now, it would be fantastic. So the final point, you intended to harm me. So the words of Joseph, the words of Joseph, right at the end of chapter 50, are a reflection on his life. And as he, what he's talking, who he's talking to here? He's talking to his brothers. You might remember his brothers came once to buy grain and Joseph had recognised them. He sent them away. They came back. His father's now died. He's seen his younger brother and now his father's died, his brothers are terrified. Because they've lived with the guilt of what they did for all those years. And Joseph's an important guy. So they're terrified. They know that he could have done whatever he wanted as the man in charge of Egypt. He could have sent them away and said, no, starve. He could have put them to death. He could have sent them into exile. He could have made them slaves. He could have done anything. He says, don't worry. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. God intended it for good. And this morning, as we bring this into a landing, as we come into close, tell you the message this morning is that God intends it for good. Things that you may feel are hard and are difficult, and it can be. God intends it for God. God has a heart to bless his people, to bless you, to bring you closer to him, to make you a more effective Christian. But God. And so as I close, morning, if you're in a situation where you need a book God you feel that the book God's a bit distant, it's a bit far away, you can't see, you're not sure where it is come out for prayer we have our ministry team, our prayer team ready to pray with you 
to hold you up in faith, to help you see the but God moment. Don't let it go. Don't let it pass. We want to help and support you in those times. But God, you intended to harm me. God intended it for good. God intended it for God, for good. Amen. 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 Amen.